Welcome to the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. Welcome to the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. I am your host, Jay, and this is the first episode of the podcast. So I'm really excited about this, and let's dig in. First thing I want to talk about is what you can expect from this podcast. Basically, it's going to be anything hockey card related, whether it's buying, selling, trading, flipping, card shows, uh, sales, good experiences, bad experiences, and everything in between. This is not a financial advice on hockey cards podcast. This is simply some dumb guy who likes to collect hockey cards and likes to talk hockey cards and hockey in general. All right, how about now we get to know each other a little bit? Uh, Let me give you a little bit of background on myself. I started uh, collecting hockey cards in the late 80s, early 90s. The typical junk wax era, you know, you had a ton of cards. But, uh, you know, wasn't too into the value or anything like that. So I pretty much let that slide, you know, like most, a lot of people, the older I got, I kind of got into other interests. Uh, Fast forward till about 2017, 2018. Started to look back into it. I noticed that the hobby had changed a lot as far as what they were offering. Um, you know, the the autos were cooler. The patch cards were cooler. The patch autos were really cool. And then just the different things. Uh, saw, you know, about the young guns and, and the popularity they have kind of had. I also liked the different variety they had in brands from, you know, Series 1 and 2 to Black Diamond all the way up to the cup. So a lot more variety was uh, available to you, and I loved that. Flash forward, then the pandemic hit, and that was it. By that point, I I was full bore into it. Uh, I really got into uh, grading a lot more. I got into buying and selling a lot more, trading a lot more online. A little bit on my background also as far as uh, who or what I collect. Uh, I'm from Boston originally. Uh, since moved so I am a big time Bruins fan and after this season eh, you know that's just one of those years that uh, you, you know kind of felt it coming you, you you felt like you can't win all those games and not have something go wrong so uh, that was a little bit of a tough pill to swallow but uh, you know we'll we'll uh, move on from that so again I'm a huge Bruins fan I collect any card Bruin uh, my PC, though, is two guys on the Bruins, and it's uh, Patrice Bergeron, uh, the captain, and David Pasternak. I mean, uh, Patrice Bergeron, I think, is one of the greatest Bruins of all time. Uh, he's been there for almost 25 years, and it's just been the consistent professional. I mean, always putting the team ahead of his own personal stats or needs. Uh, so he's an easy one for me to collect. And then the other side of the coin, you know, David Pasternak, I mean, that the guy's exciting. He's one of those guys that can score goals, cause things to happen, uh, and he's a great personality. If you haven't seen any of his online antics, I would highly recommend it because that guy can make uh, a room laugh, that's for sure. 
Uh, as far as other things collecting, I just collect anything that's cool. So um, that's what I would recommend to anybody. Just collect what you like. Don't worry about the money all the time because you know what? This is supposed to be fun at the end of the day also. And lastly, I uh, just want to discuss you know, why am I doing a podcast or why did I get started? Honestly, like I said, it's to talk about hockey cards. Uh, I just really enjoy the hobby. I really like doing different things in it. But also, you know, I got to give some props out. Um, I started listening to a bunch of different podcasts, and I came across one that I really liked, and it's the Hockey Card Gong Show with Josh and Troy. So I want to, you know, shout out to them. If you can, check out their podcast. It's the best, you know, as far as hockey cards go. Uh, just a couple of guys like you know myself who are just interested in the hobby, um, but they're a lot more in depth as far as the analysis and, and data grabs, and they really get in depth as far as the information they give. But very informative, and again, just a couple of really nice guys. I've met them in person, and again, between their personalities and their podcasts, definitely worth checking out. Hockey Card Gong Show Podcast with Josh and Troy. You will not be disappointed. You know, I, I know that uh, starting a podcast at the end of the hockey season might not be the smartest thing to do, but I figured it'd give me some time to kind of get everything in line before the season starts. So I think what we'll start off with is, since the season's over, let's talk about what my strategy is during the off season as far as things I want to accomplish. Off-season goals. All right, so this off season, I, I think I'm going to be like most uh, collectors. Uh, I'm going to be looking to buy um, specifically uh, specific players. I'm going to hold off on that, you know, for different episodes. Future episodes will really break down, you know, the actual player themselves and kind of what I'm looking for. But in general, um, I'm looking to buy. Uh, looking for deals like everybody else, but more so, I'm looking for raw. You know, particularly uh, raw young guns, uh, that seems to be my niche. I, I enjoy the search for that, uh, you know, elusive PSA 10 in the raw, if you would. I think uh, that's where I get the most enjoyment. And, you know, it's been working out pretty well for me as far as financially, too. I can give you one example, just uh, and we'll talk about this at another time. Actually, about a quarter of the way through last season, bought a lot of Linus Allmark uh, young guns. I think there was 12 of them. So I got those for about $100. I sent those off uh, to get graded. I think I sent eight of them off to get graded. Uh, of those eight, I got six PSA 10s and two PSA 8s, which I was able to sell the PSA 10s for, at the time, I was about uh, halfway to three-quarters of the way through the season. I was selling those things because he was the hot goalie. Uh, anywhere from 250 to $320 each for the PSA 10. So that's kind of what I'm looking for now. Players that I think, um, you know, will have a great season, which I think most people are kind of looking for. But, you know, also the interesting ones, maybe the guy who had the off season this year and is going to bounce back. Uh, that's definitely something I'm looking for on the young gun end. Uh, as far as everything else, I am a sucker for a good auto patch, so I will always be looking at that as well. 
uh, again, specifically players that, you know, I think have some upside to them in the upcoming year. I mentioned before that uh, I like to grade cards. This is uh, something, like I said, I'm relatively newer into this. Again, watch a lot of videos, how to do it right. Uh, just to let everyone know, when it comes to grading, my uh, company of choice is PSA. I feel like you know, I just, uh, they've been around the longest. I, I like what they do. I like how they look. Uh, that being said, I also do like SGC. I, I think they've got a good product. As far as the other companies go, you know, your BGS or your HGA or uh, any of the other ones, um, I don't mind looking at those cards. I don't mind seeing if I could uh, maybe find one that graded relatively high and maybe try to, you know, cross it over to PSA. Uh, so I'm always looking for something that's, you know, I think can uh, come out as a PSA 10 at the end. That may be one of those companies. But again, for the bang for the buck, PSA is where it's at for me. Uh, SGC is second. And then after that, it kind of falls off the cliff. Uh, but again, do what you like. Uh, if you like HGA, you like how it looks or whatever, go do it. Like I said, at the end of the day, I'm just some dumb guy. Uh, collecting cards, and you got to do what you like. And one last point I want to bring out as far as what I'll be doing this offseason, um, I don't mind being in hockey breaks. Uh, occasionally I'll do it, but I would highly recommend, and, and again, we'll discuss this at length another time, but uh, hockey breaks are more about the fun. Uh, if you're doing it from the standpoint of um, return on money, it's not going to work out too well for you unless you constantly hit those big cards out of those breaks. Uh, so, I mean, I check in every once in a while to do a break, uh, you know, again, just for the fun of it. To, to watch them pull cards online and on the screen is, you know, it's fun to watch. And that's how I think it should be treated. Uh, as far as ripping boxes is concerned, I will do that a little more often. I do like, uh, again, because of the price point, uh, your upper deck series one and two. Uh, you know, young gun hunting type of thing. I will do that a little bit more. That's a little bit more fun for me because, you know, for a hundred to let's say a hundred and eighty dollars, depending on the price of the box, you know, you got a good shot. You can get a good young gun that, again, if it grades out well, you know, you're gonna make some some decent money on it, and it's a little bit more fun. Uh, you know, some of these boxes, you know, like the cup. I mean, those those are expensive. So if you're going to dump that kind of money in and you guys have probably seen the breaks where, you know, someone buys a, a box of uh, the cup and the cars definitely don't equal out to anywhere near what they paid for that box. So, but again, uh, it's all about your personal enjoyment. Also, another thing I'll be doing this off season a lot of is a website I've been using pretty regularly. It's called My Card Post. And you can go on there and you can put cards up for sale or even to trade. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting uh, tool for me this off season. Again, that's my card post. They are not a paid sponsor. It's just a product that I like. And I think uh, I can have a lot of fun with that between buying, selling, and trading on their website. Throughout the course of this podcast, as it develops, uh, I'm going to be introducing a lot of different segments um, within the podcast. Uh, one thing you should know is my podcasts are only going to be about 20 minutes long, somewhere in there. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the the amount of time is to one period. You know, periodically, maybe we'll go into overtime, you know, maybe a little shootout, but not much more than that. 
so one of the things I, I want to discuss today is uh, player impact as far as players that are on the move uh, to a new team and what they can expect possibly from the card market. So the first player I'm going to discuss today as far as, uh, you know, on the move and the impact he's going to have possibly in the card world is Taylor Hall. Well, yeah, I know. I'm kind of homering out here. He's a, he's an ex-Bruin, so we, uh, you know, we're going to start with the next Bruin. Now, Taylor Hall, I'll admit as a Bruins fan, I, I thought he was okay. He, he had his moments. Uh, he had good moments. He had, you know, so not so great streaks, but you know, overall he was a solid player. Uh, he was definitely a guy you could put on, you know, uh, top six, uh, players as far as, you know, his production and, you know, he could play well with everybody. I mean, if I'm looking at his, uh, 2022, 2023 season, uh, he played 61 games. He had 16 goals, 20 assists, 36 points and overall plus 11. Now, for his career, he's uh, 822 games, 264 goals, 429 assists for 693 points. So just about under a point-per-game type of player. Now, with him going from Boston to the Chicago Blackhawks, um, I think there's some definite room there for a player like him to make a jump. What I mean by that is you have an experienced player like Taylor Hall who is 31 years old going to a team with the number one overall pick in Connor Bedard who everybody is slating for this kid to be the next superstar of the NHL. And where I think this helps is Taylor Hall is going to be the guy that can, you know, sit in that room and talk about, hey, you know, all the teams he's been with, all the different experiences, how he's dealt with things, you know, when he was with the Bruins, the different playoff runs, as well as with the other teams too. But uh, where he's going to be really, I think, successful is if he could be a setup guy, you know, for Connor Bedard. In the sense, I don't know what the line's going to be, but imagine Taylor Hall, you know, Connor Bedard and whoever else is on the right side. Uh, you've got an experienced player there that could get the puck to a guy like this. And, you know, Taylor Hall's never been a great, you know, year-by-year goal scorer. He, he's had some great years. But overall, he's a good support player. And I think that's what the Chicago Blackhawks are going to need. I mean, they also got in that deal uh, Nick Foligno, who I think is going to be a great addition to them. He, he's a great hockey player. He fits into the locker room really well, and, and again, he will be a voice in that locker room to help those young players to develop. Now let's talk about Taylor Hall's trading card. Again, his young gun right now in the raw goes somewhere between $25 to $40, depending on you know uh, the, the condition of the card. Now, do I think he will spike? I think he will at the beginning of the season. Because, again, you're, once you kind of figure out if he's on that line with Bedard, he's going to, you know, get some love from the hockey card market. Everyone's going to look at him and say, well, you know, you're playing with <laughs> the, possibly one of the best players in the world. You know, your, your, uh, your stats are going to increase. My guess is that's going to happen. And then as the season progresses, we'll see if he, you know, both of them take off, they, they meld together, and they just, you know, start putting points in the net. 
well, who knows what the sky's the limit on that card. What I realistically think is going to happen is I think he's going to be a nice player for that team. I think he's going to be able to jump between lines one and three very easily, depending on how they, you know, set up their final rosters as far as, you know, the chemistry goes. Um, Watching him on the Bruins, I always thought he could be a little bit better. I mean, I understand, again, he's 31 years old, but, man, there were games where he had opportunities that he couldn't close, um, some bad, you know, giveaways. And, again, that's every player. But I always thought with a, with a player like Hall and, and the caliber he's shown in the past, he just didn't do it consistently. So I wish nothing for the best for him. But, like I said, at the end of the day, I think his card's going to take a bump uh, because of all the hype coming up with him and with Connor Bedard, and especially if they announce that they'll be on the same line together. Um, would I invest in him? I have a little bit in Taylor Hall. I have a few of his young guns, uh, a couple that I'm going to send out to be graded, but after that I'm kind of going to you know, wait and see. Uh, what he's going to do with the Blackhawks and with the new number one superstar pick in the league, Connor Bedard. Uh, but again, it's going to be exciting to watch. And like I said, I, I wish nothing for the best for him because he was a great Bruin the whole time. So we shall see. One thing we're going to do here on the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast is we're also going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, one of the things we're going to do from time to time is we're going to share some interesting stories from the NHL. Uh, things that I've always found interesting and, you know, would like to share with you. Maybe you know about it, maybe you don't. So that's what we're going to do. So here's our first installment of Interesting Stories from the NHL. So for our first interesting story from around the NHL, we're going to be talking about a uh, player with the last name of Bork. Now, many of you may be thinking... Uh, Raymond Bork, what story are we going to tell about him? Well, no, actually, we're going to talk about Phil Bork, or otherwise known as Phil Bubba Bork. Now, Phil Bork is a distant cousin of Raymond Bork, but he was a hockey player also in the NHL. He was a defenseman who was a left-handed shot, and he played for a few different teams. He played for the Ottawa Senators, he played for the New York Rangers, but more notably, he played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He played for the Pittsburgh Penguins during the 1991 season. Now, here comes the interesting story. Now, they won the Stanley Cup that year, and everybody knows one of the greatest honors in the NHL is to get your name on the Stanley Cup. But here's the interesting story. When the Penguins won the Cup in 1991, there was a party, presumably, at Mario Lemieux's house. And the cup got somewhat, let's say, damaged. Now, Phil was around the cup, and he noticed that it was a l it was rattling a little bit. So he ended up taking it apart. And what he found in there was a couple of repairmen had actually inscribed their own names on the inside of the wooden structure of the cup. So as any true professional, what did Phil Bubba Bork do? Well, he also inscribed his name on the inside along with them. So he is one of the only players to have their name not only on the outside of the Stanley Cup, 
but also on the inside of it. And as you just heard, the buzzer has sounded to end the period, or our podcast. I'd like to thank everyone who actually tuned in to listen to this. I look forward to doing many, many more of these, coming up with uh, more interesting content about hockey cards or the hockey market in general. You can actually check me out on Instagram under Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Podcast. Uh, I encourage you to go there, follow. Uh, this way you can send me messages, questions, how you like the show, different uh, questions about cards or anything hockey card related. So again, that's Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Podcast on Instagram. Until next time, I am Jay, and this is the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. See you soon.